da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, it's been years of discussion, debate, and misery, but we are finally here, and we live to tell about it, just barely. Uh, I'm Kit Garrison, and we're talking all things Justice League on this week's Mad About Movies podcast, and joining me as always, my partners in crime, Richard and Brian. Howdy, guys. What up? What up? Hello. Good to be here. It's good to be here. Been a while. Yeah, it's should have left you <laughs> without a dope every time to step two. Step two. Hey, we should stop though, right, Brian? I think. I mean, some people may follow us on uh, social media, but some may not. It's not just Kent Kent Garrison as host. It's two time Emmy winner Kent Garrison Whoa. as co host. Oh, wow! Hey, we gotta stop down. Oh. Give it up. I was gonna say. Man. I thought you were gonna say the one guy that didn't go on vacation last week. <laughs> Uh, no. It's like if you follow us on social media, you'll know Brian and I live very exciting lives. We were on <laughs> islands and theme parks, and meanwhile, that's why you got old. two Grammys. Though we're off, we're off gallivanting and going to car <laughs> conventions and such, and, uh, and hey, winning games. Yeah, you 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 can't get to that egot by just going to uh, the Caribbean, <laughs> you know, daily. Well, I I have egot. I have the Emirates. Um, oh, the Emirates. I have yeah, the Emirates. I have ton, uh, Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going for, I need, oh, I don't know. Oman, is that still a country? That's sort of an O. I don't know. Uh, Let's get that one. No, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going for right an yeah. EGOT on Ontario? The Does that count? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, Oregon. <laughs> um, so congrats, man. That's so exciting. We're so proud of you. Oh, it's such a Such a talented person. We are very mean to each other. As is our usual, uh, <laughs> as is our want. But Ken is an enormously talented person, and there is no one more deserving of those awards. And uh, we're so so proud to know you and to work with you on other stuff. And uh, congratulations, appreciate Ken, it. Well, in all honesty, um, thanks for putting up with me during the times that I had to push the show back or not do the show or whatever because I was working on something. Um, and. Those, those times happen, and this show has definitely become an escape from my work life. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'm in the edit bay or whatever, or doing uh, whatever during the day, and being able to come on the show and just talk movies or rant or whatever we do uh, on a weekly basis has been a great uh, side project, escape, hobby, and uh, it's kept me uh, sane over the years. So it's been great. And it's good to see it all come to fruition. But uh, again, uh, thanks for being here tonight, and man, it would not be a DC slash Justice League themed conversation without the one and only Batman Shane. What's up, Batman Shane? Hey, hey how are you guys? Man, hey, I don't think our listeners would even be tuning into this if you weren't on this episode. <laughs> they would turn it back off immediately. Be like, demand, I suppose. Be like, I'll come back when Batman Shane's back on. But yeah, um, <laughs> our buddy Shane uh, lives out in uh, in LA. He's in the studio scene out there. He's got insider knowledge and definitely a lot of experience out there and uh, making and don't, movies. And don't and stuff, confuse so. him with Blank Man Shane, our <laughs> other friend who's, yeah. he's who's really into, into Blank Man. He loves Blank Man, and who doesn't? He just loves Damon Wayans and yeah. Dag and Blank Man. But, but <laughs> Batman Shane is, is, is also great, I guess. Second, second tier, but yeah, sure. And I think uh, Shane has been on 
pretty much all of our Batman conversations. Uh, most recently, uh, we we discussed the Dark Knight trilogy together uh, this past. I guess it was fall, spring, spring. When we and we also talked the Lego Batman movie and and other DC properties. And uh, it's always good to have you. You're on you're on the DC side of things. We should preface that. Hence the name Batman Shane. Uh, he's all things DC <laughs> and knows probably more about DC than all of us combined. And I'm excited to get your perspective as always on Justice happy League. To, happy to be here. Good good times. But uh, man. There's some movie news and stuff that we can talk about, but I think it's more appropriate to push the next week. Uh, we're going to do American Treasures next week, so look forward to that. We mm-hmm. have American Treasure updates as well as next week. We've gotten many emails, trust us, about the state <laughs> and status of certain American Treasures over the past couple of weeks. It's been tough. We will address that. Couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do, though, is for the VIPs, we're going to let you nominate American Treasures uh, on the VIP feed and... Uh, yep. So send in your American Treasure nominees if you're a VIP. If you're not, yeah. join us over there for a dollar a week and send us your nominees, and we'll, yeah. we'll debate one of those. We'll pick one of those, mm-hmm. and all three of us will debate it. And uh, that yeah. per- person could be an American Treasure by the end of the show. That's right. I'll put a I'll put a thing up on on Patreon tomorrow, or I guess today, Wednesday. I'll put something up that you can re- reply to. VIPs can reply to directly and nominate who they want to nominate and whatnot, and. Uh, and we'll pick somebody out of the hat, or we'll maybe we'll do a poll once we get some suggestions or something like that. But yeah, next week is the return of of ATs, and and you guys get to have a voice if you're a VIP. So yes, well, there's uh, only three celebrities left though that are not right, right, yeah. some sort of sexual misconduct. <laughs> okay, well, so. well, first of all, and, and whoever we nominate will probably come down with this in the next couple of weeks. So you know, it's might be it might be a curse i don't know i don't know can we just uh let's throw a name in the hat right now who's the next at to go down let's uh, it's gotta <laughs> oh be one gosh. i mean it's it's an alarming rate it's every other day at this point we've had to remove yeah. somebody from the uh, the esteemed we had to take take back their denim jackets and rip mm-hmm. out the lining in front of them it was not <laughs> like was being not, kicked yeah, out of a motorcycle club yeah. like you get the patch ripped off and just get the lining yeah. just torn out the american flag <laughs> lining by the way and um and yeah so it's not good, but we'll we will address that uh, later. But man, you really can't talk DC Justice League uh, and all that Justice League provides without the DC conversation. And there was an article put out this past week. Um, I saw it on Instagram. I think uh, the uh, only source for news, right? No, I, <laughs> I follow the, the sixty um, minutes of the social media. Is I, I, that's what I think on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Instagram feed, they had an infographic on there that said they had tabulated all the tomato meters or tomometers or whatever you, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> I, I like tomometers. Yeah, you perfect. say tomato meter, I, I say, say tomometer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they had tabulated all the scores for DC and Marvel movies. And their findings were that DC overall has come out on top. And I just at first, at first whim, I was like, that can't be true because think of all the DC movies over the past five, six, seven years that have been panned or flopped. Uh, you know, further than that, the Catwomans and the, the fur, uh, before that, the all, lanterns. The, the, all the Batman and Robins, yeah. the Lanterns, ex- exactly. And then think about Marvel, which kind of started things in my mind. I mean, this is why we're going to do the research and, and discuss it. But in my mind, it started with X-Men, which is pretty good. And then kind of... St- slowed down a little bit but then 
I, once Iron Man came along, they pretty much were hitting A's, I felt like, or B's or very good grades, according to the tomato meter, uh, all along the way. So I, I just, I was very shocked to see that, that finding. And so leave it to our resident statistician <laughs> secretary, Brian Gill. Uh, we put out a challenge on Twitter to Brian, get to the bottom of this, uh, make a spreadsheet and uh, find out what the truth really is um, between Marvel and DC when it comes to um, their overall grade. So I'm excited, Brian, and uh, I guess we can preface this by saying, what did you qualify? I'm not, by the way, just... (laughs) (laughs) We knew you would find the time, Brian. We knew you'd find the time. Yeah, it's so much to do that day. Right, exactly. Nope, got to get to work on this spreadsheet. Yeah, Yeah. can't watch the Bones season two again. (laughs) I got to get on this. Um, What did you qualify or quantify as DC Marvel? Did you exclude anything, include whatever? Right. So I ran a bunch of different scenarios. Um, the deal is, if you <laughs> if you read uh, Rotten Tomatoes' article, their bit was they included all TV, all movies, all TV shows, all... The, the real kicker that oh. frustrated me a little bit was uh, they humans. included, like, straight-to-DVD movies that might what? get, like, six rele- you know, like, six reviews or something. And people would be like, oh, it's fine. It's fresh or whatever. So that that really, there was, I think they said there was 25 or 28 straight to DVD movies that were included in that calculation to get it the way it, it turned out. So that's right. part of the deal. Um, the, I don't know that the art, the headline was a little misleading. Once you like click the article, you're like, oh, okay. All right. This is. This is what uh, this is what they were I don't, doing. So, I don't fall for clickbait. I read the I read the headline. I was like, right. I've seen enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what Sad. I did is I went through and I looked at what they had done and and kind of started there and went from from that place. Um, so for like for DC, all movies um, would include going back to the original Superman, basically all the way up to uh, up to Justice League. And then they have a lot of TV shows that have done much better than the Marvel TV shows have. That's part of it. I did not include straight to DVD releases for a variety of reasons, but um, but if so, if you just go movies and TV, all movies. And and the other side of that is for Marvel, so many of their movies are are and have been owned by other studios, so they don't count towards like the MCU, oh. but technically they do count towards. Sure. This score. The Spider Man's so, and X Men's of the yeah, world. Yeah. Spider Man's. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. The, the yeah. uh, like Blade, you know, mm-hmm. Electra, the Fantastic Four movies, all these oh, Electra kind of count. Yeah. So if you go all movies, the uh, cumulative or the average Rotten Tomato score for all Marvel movies is 61.6%, something like that. Um, versus if you go. DC, all their movies, not counting straight to DVD stuff, their score is fifty three percent. So okay. it's fifty three DC, sixty one or sixty two Marvel. Um, if you add in TV, Marvel TV is a seventy two average score, whereas DC is an eighty four. So that brings it up. This is kind of funny. Like if you average those together with all the properties, and we're talking all DC movies and TV. All Marvel movies and TV, they have the exact same Rotten Tomato score. It's sixty three point six percent, something like that. So, the exact same if you're counting everything. 
if you just go to um, MCU movies and TV, MCU movies, it goes up to 83%, which is pretty good. Wow. It's pretty good to have 17 movies out and have 83% uh, average score on those. If you add in their TV, it drops to 78%. Um, and then, you know, you, like the X-Men movies are like 73%. Spider-Man movies are 74%. Fantastic Four movies are 25%. That's good. That's what you want. Uh, on the DC side of things, would you guys care to, care to gander? Take a guess at the, the Rotten Tomato score for DC, like this version, like the extended universe films. So we're talking Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League. Is there another one in there? I think I counted Green Lantern in that too, just because that was pretty recent. And still in the Marvel Area. Would you care to guess what's the Rotten Tomato score? The average? On no, that? I'm good. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh wow. forty. I would get, uh, let me. I'm gonna, yeah, I was gonna say forty-three. 43. Yeah, I'll take the under on that. Let's say forty-one. Okay, can't you got to guess? I like it, Dirk. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I uh, right there. You guys are pretty spot on. Forty-three point eight percent. Oh, uh, didn't I say forty-three or did I say forty-four? Yeah. Something like that. Of course, right, right in the middle. We'll well, there's no way to really ever know. So, <laughs> yeah, no one thank God we're not recording. Yeah. yeah. If you add in the DC uh, TV, it comes up to sixty four percent. If you, <laughs> the way that you can, to me, like, okay, here's the best we can do as far as like comparison with era to era, if nothing else. Sure. If you put the DC extended universe movies in with their TV shows. And include Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, uh, their score comes up to about sixty nine and a half percent versus yeah. Snyder did that on purpose. Uh, he made this one yeah, yeah. on purpose so that <laughs> exactly. it would fall. Sorry, so perfect while he drained a monster. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're looking at that versus MCU's movies and TVs. Movies and TV is about seventy eight percent. So. You know, so, so I get with it. You can't say that. I guess you can't say that the the Rotten Tomatoes piece, and it really wasn't even a. It was like a paragraph and a half long. It wasn't really necessarily misleading, but it did. You, <laughs> it kind of felt like they tried really hard to find ways to qualify what they wanted the headline to be. If that makes sense, <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I I get what they were trying to do, and it makes it makes some sense. But when you start adding in the straight to DVD things, I feel like that. He legitimizes what you're the point so you're trying to get. When, it, when, they, when they talk about straight to DVD, do they mean the Batman one offs and yeah, the Joker yeah. animated specials right. and all those? I, I guess though, because some with of those Mark Hamill in it, yeah, or Will Friedell, like, yeah, Mask of, of the Phantasm, and because uh, those are Killing really Joe. well received, those, those are like 100%, aren't geez. they? All right, most Some of the for, time, the for the most the part, yeah, ones. those are, yeah, for the most part, those are usually pretty, pretty popularly received, um, and and I, I've seen most, if not all of them, they're usually pretty great. On the the flip side, Marvel has tried to do the same thing with some of their animated films, and they're usually not great at all. Right. Um, so yeah, it's that that can definitely. I think that's kind of what they're referring to is all those DC animated movies okay. that come out two or three a year at this point. Sure. Yeah, and that, that changes. I mean, up. yeah. It's great. I mean, that's properties are out there, and I know there's a, a big audience for those, but I I definitely think that's not the conversation that <laughs> that we're typically having. If you get stuck in a Marvel versus DC conversation, 
that's not really I don't feel like that's like like maybe the great maybe that should be weighted in some somehow, you know, it should not uh I don't know, equal out to some of the other stuff that's happening. But anyway, I wanted to do the I was assigned the task of doing the research and I would have wanted to do it myself anyway because yeah. that's the way I roll and uh, you know, hey ladies. And so that's You can't be uh, trusted, Richard. We came up with yeah. <laughs> So like Google Sheets. Here's a question, Brian, and this might take some extra calculations or we'll do have to do a follow up. But um, what's it going to take DC to pull ahead of Marvel? Like how many 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes movies is it going to take for them to get get back ahead to to, for for Letterman to beat Leno, if you will. All right. So we'll get a cold bucket of water for Brian. Hold on. <laughs> He's been waiting five years for this. Oh, we count. Okay, do you want to count TV or just the movies or just what the do you movies? Like let's okay. let's say the next five to seven okay. of these movie releases. Um, like is it feasible? Is it feasible for that to happen? I guess that or are they are they in so deep at this point that uh, Marvel's going to have to completely um lose it for anything to. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to blow a, you know, twenty-eight-three okay. lead with two minutes left in the third quarter, for <laughs> something to, you know. Okay. MCU movies. The average is eighty-three percent. Yeah. If DC had five, oh man, if they did five straight movies that were just, just, just talking movies, DC extended universe to, uh, uh, to MCU movies, if they did five straight that were ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They would still be at sixty-seven <laughs> percent. They've got got a ways. They got to. They got to. Yeah, they're they're pulling up the rear. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Wow. If they well, did ten straight, if they did ten straight, it would get to seventy-seven percent, and wow. still, yeah. Marvel's at eighty-three. So yeah. it's not great. Shane, but, I mean, Shane, do you watch any of the? DC television shows or anything like that outside of the, the movie series. I do. I do. I actually, I enjoy those CW shows. I, I watch Thank most you. of them. It's, yeah. you know, like the uh, arrow and legends of tomorrow and flash and all that. I enjoy those. Um, I like flash a lot. Flash is a lot. Yeah. I like legends of tomorrow. That show is great. It's so like those guys in the writer's room are clearly just having fun where it's like, mm-hmm. eh, this, this time we're going to go to seventies, California. Eh, this time we're going to go to King Arthur's you know, castle or whatever. Yeah. Sure. And it's like, they just kind of, it's random. So those shows are fun. I can definitely see where people would be saying that DC has a better time with television right now than Marvel does. Cause it definitely totally. seems with Marvel TV, Marvel is hit or miss. Yeah. It's not going well on that side for them for sure. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Gotham, on the other hand, that is a terrible TV show <laughs> that seems to fundamentally misunderstand not only Batman as a character, but it seems to fundamentally fundamentally misunderstand how television works and how story pacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh, I, I watch that show because I'm a completist and I feel like I have to, but I hate myself every time I watch it. Dude, I watched so the, bad. First, the first season and I after about six episodes, I was like, I hate this. This is not good. But same thing. I'm kind of a completist. And I want to, you know, it's new shows. Kind of. Sometimes it's hard. Kind <laughs> Understatement of, but... of a century. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck with it for the season. And at the end of that season, I was like, that. there have been few things in my life that I've wasted more time on than that. I just, I hated it. I've had so many people say, oh, it gets better in the second season. Like, I, nope, nope, it doesn't. I don't believe it you. Does. I don't believe you. Yeah, they're lying to your face. They just want to drag you <laughs> down with them. 
They want to they ease their guilt a little bit, pawn it off on somebody else. Has anybody <laughs> seen this uh, this Punisher show on Netflix yet? It just came out, I, I guess, last week. I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I, I, neither have I. I'm looking forward to it, though. John Bernthal been- is, uh, is, enjoys work. I'm excited to see sure. what he's gonna what he's gonna bring to that and to to Marvel, but um, yeah, it's it's been kind of weird for Marvel on TV lately with the the, the flop of the Inhumans and this Hulu oh. this Hulu show is not getting great uh, buzz either. Uh, what's it called? You're talking about Runaways? Yeah, Runaways. Runaways right. is and- getting decent today. At least seemed like people were were. T- I haven't gotten to watch it. It's 81 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, is it? But- oh, I saw yeah. some negative. Maybe it's just my uh, my immediate following um, sure. people that I follow that didn't enjoy yeah. it. But unless we forget about how boring Iron Fist was, and then how oh, kind of meh Defenders was. Yeah, I didn't even watch. I did not watch Defenders because Iron Fist was so bad. I just I couldn't get through it. Maybe, I, it's I think defend, I maybe Defenders is what I'm thinking of. There's oh, too yeah, many yeah. of these guys. The we got to stop with this. Yeah, we got to. And I'm thinking of the Gifted too. That other one we watched oh, on the pilot yeah. season too. That was Ugh. rough. That was the X Men yeah. one though. Yeah. I think Runaways is X Men related as well, so maybe that's maybe that redeems some of the gifted. I don't know. People seem to like the gifted, and I don't understand it. It's, it's why do we really need nine different teams of Marvel? Plus, why there's we also that follow... show on FX, right? That X Men show, whatever it's called. Yeah, Legion, Legion or something. Like that? that was yeah. Great. That's great. If you haven't seen that, that's a like a side weekly recommend. That's really good. Okay. Did you see? Okay. It? Not, check that out. The uh, the trailer for the New Mutants. Yes. Like yeah, horror movie. What do you think? X-Men. Yeah, that's like it's yeah. straight horror. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. There's really no other than the fact that they use the word mutants. There's mm-hmm. no really no straight obvious connection to X Men other than the fact mm-hmm. that they're throwing it at you in the in the title and a couple times in the trailer. But I think it it looks intriguing to me, and um, yeah. it's a cool direction to go for especially X Men. It's kind of lost at this point after apocalypse so who knows and yeah and the fact that jackman's not going to return as wolverine they're kind of they can do anything so jackman. yeah it's, it's anybody's game button. but the you know the way thor has been received marvel has just had a great year uh it, it seems <laughs> like we say that every year at this point but they just keep hitting home runs i mean uh their their averages has has been great and really i think collectively Thor the Dark World is the only one that's been negatively received and even more so at this point when you see what what Thor 3 has done and uh what you could have done with Thor 2 had they took it in a different direction I think people uh, are going to sour that one a little bit more over time than um maybe they want uh to so man good times with DC good times with Marvel again it's anybody's game or is it uh, we don't have a sponsor for this episode. We kicked them off. It's all DC <laughs> Justice League tonight. So let's get right into it. Um, I think we should start with Shane. Preface it with Shane. Because... I, I saw um, this coming. Uh, yeah. What we like to do is you get mind. all the positives out up front, and then <laughs> no. we, we just destroy no, no, Not at all. That's- not at all. Um... <laughs> I want your honest uh, anticipation for the movie as somebody who, you know, uh, obviously grew up on the source material and things like that. And um, did it live up to your expectations as somebody who probably had them very high? Yeah, well, OK, so let me uh, how do I even want to start? Um, 
You know, I mean, I think ultimately this film did do some things right, but it also kind of did some things wrong. Absolutely. Um, I think overall I did enjoy the film, but I can't necessarily sit here and tell anybody that it's a well-made film by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think that this film was a bit of a course correction from what people disliked about Batman Superman. And I think that this film has its heart in the right place but I just don't think it accomplished what it set out to do in any real meaningful way. It felt ultimately very uneven. It felt a little schizophrenic and it felt a little generic. Ultimately. I mean, that's, that's the thing that was disappointing to me about this movie is that, you know, a movie like the, or the movie like the Avengers or the justice league should feel like it should kind of shake the very foundation of the ground. And this movie kind of came out and it was like, Oh, okay, well that was that. So you know, definitely some things I liked about it, some things I didn't. Um, I think that the thing that I did like most about it is that the interaction of the actual Justice League seemed like it was pretty spot on to me. I enjoyed watching the characters interact. Um, I just think that kind of the story around them was lackluster and it just never the film never really felt like it locked into place, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it all general here, guys, and keep yeah. it spoiler free. And we'll get into spoilers later for sure. But let's go in reverse order now. And uh, Richard, you got the floor. Yeah. So uh, this was first off, Shane. How's that early buzz looking? Secondly, (laughs) every every DCEU film, Shane sends me a link a a week before that's clearly (laughs) written by some early PR employee for DC. They're like, yeah, people are actually really digging this one. (laughs) What's great is that, and I don't give Shane. I just give Shane a hard time about this. I love it, but. What's funny is that their like crazy PR version um is always <laughs> I don't know if it's like trying to like kind of limit expectations, but like their spin on it is always like, Yeah, it was okay. It was pretty good. Like <laughs> right, right. Like that we don't want to like go overboard here. Yeah, like yeah. That's the best possible scenario. Like, yeah, no, I mean six out of ten. Six out of ten, and then you know, Suicide Squad comes out. <laughs> and they never. It's always funny that it's not like no, it changed the game. It's incredible. It's even and, their employees are like, look, that right. sounds ridiculous. Right. And to be um, fair to Shane, because we love Shane, yeah. we get <laughs> probably two dozen people tweet that same link to it or a similar link, and like, I'm telling you, this is the one. This is going to be the good one. It's like, well, it was the same last time, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Wonder Woman was the first time the buzz was good. But we yeah. called that like three years ago. Like, if any of them are going to be good, it's going to be Wonder Woman because just like you could just tell by like the director choice and casting that it was going to be cool. But so that one, but that early buzz was like, this is really great. That's when you knew it was going to be good. But anytime I see an uh, article from some like weird website that's set up as a link leak, leak, and they're like, yeah, people, you know, people are kind of enjoying <laughs> people this. People like, are talking. People are. Are talk- people are talking that this is adequate like it is adequate is buzzing around con right now uh it's crazy uh i love it so much so i can't wait for whatever the next horrible movie is because that's my favorite my favorite link to get every year from those of you and again by the way i say this every time i don't have a dog in this fight i don't care in fact if I did have a dog in the fight, it would be DC because I've heard of their heroes. I didn't know who Iron Man was. I thought Iron Man was Cal Ripken until like 2009. <laughs> so I, I had no concept of this. I know Batman and I know Superman and I know Wonder Woman. And so like I, if I were to root for anything, it would be this. So please uh, save me 
the thing where like you guys are Marvel fanboys. I I I didn't know what a fanboy was until that weird movie came out. So um, <laughs> all that being said, uh, I pretty it's it's a certainly uh, <laughs> it's uh it's it was I made it through it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Both credit scenes too. No, uh, I, I didn't even make it that far. I was out of there. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't even make through. it through the first one. I mean, I was pretty hammered, but no, no. <laughs> but uh, no, I I made it through. Uh, and so that's that's cool. Like Shane said, there's there are things that are better about this, um, but then there's you know that are mostly kind of like uh, what we'll call kind of like Joss notes of uh, things that he'll add flourishes, the flourishes of of the Whedon. Um, however, there's also some some flourishes by him that are that are sort of don't fit either, you know. And so it's hard it's hard to critique this because it is a bit uh, filmmaker by a uh, film made by committee, um, and uh, you know, but you don't know what's what, and he may be saved and salvaged as much as as much as he could have. But uh, but may, you know, he also could have made it worse. We don't know. This may have been better. I, I you know, oh gosh, um, but. Uh, <laughs> So it's 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 quippier. Um definitely steals not steals, but it definitely part because Marvel didn't invent this either, but it definitely partakes in the sort of fun, uh attempted uh dialogue. But then the aesthetic is so morose and kind of icky and inky and yeah. uh other I words <laughs> incandescent. I don't know, not really. Um but that it just seems really jilted and weird when it's like, I don't know, everything is so dark. The aesthetic is so bad. The, there's a great, if you, I, the, the best review of this is, I think it's Vanity Fair. I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but find the Vanity Fair review of this. Mm. And it's like, the guy basically says, the, the critic says, you know what, as someone who did high school and college theater, I'm used to people giving me faux praise of like, you know, uh, how what would you think <laughs> well the costumes were incredible right the costumes are great blah, blah, blah. and the guy was like i can't even do that with this the costumes are terrible the lighting is terrible the pacing yeah. is terrible like just the whole look is so bad that even if you made a good movie in this mm-hmm. universe universe is so gross that i don't know in wonder woman really kind of and i grant I, I understand production time that this was already mostly made when you know it was made alongside wonder woman to a certain extent uh so i but Wonder Woman really took a new look and a new aesthetic and that more than anything, not to mention that it's a well-paced and written movie and it has an interesting protagonist and it kind of all that. And that's great. But it, in addition, it actually looks decent. And so, but this is just has that awful swampy, <laughs> like <laughs> corn video from 1999. Uh, yeah. But, Freak on a leash. And, yep. Yeah, not, is, enough, not enough bullets. This is the enough. live action freak on a leash. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> less Gosh. less bagpipes though, thank God. Yeah. Um But yeah, so it's just it's just such a tough what we were talking about something gosh, we do so many of these stupid shows. Uh something that we didn't care for or that we thought was just okay, but aesthetically it was really nice looking. Oh, I think it was maybe the Suburbicon. We were like, well at least I can look up at this and some of the frames are decent. You know, this is a really bad movie. Like yeah. it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a few well of these shot, frames though. are yeah. well shot, pleasing the eye. Uh, this, this, that, that's not the case here. Um, right. So that's tough. And it's just, it's bleak. 
I, I, you know, I just don't see now, you know, the box office, I, gosh, you know, there's these stupid articles like, well, it made a hundred million dollars. If that's bad, I don't know what's good. Well, it costs a trillion dollars. So yes, it is bad. <laughs> I'll explain P and L's to you later. Um, so, you know, now the box office, these aren't huge hits or even really hits compared to their, their budget and what, and, and more, more of what WB needs them to be for their release to really fund other yeah. movies in addition to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just don't see how you get around without totally, um, starting over, just hitting the reset yeah. button and, and doing it. so, mm. um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not a pleasant thing to say, we told you so, but gosh, oh boy, did we, and we're right. We've got one right guys. And that never happens. Um, take <laughs> yeah. a look at the American treasures. If you want uh, <laughs> you know, advice, to maybe that, if you want evidence as to uh, us not being the smartest, uh, most uh, soothsayer type people. But on this one, uh, we nailed it. So high fives all around. Um, yeah. But hopefully this brings good Justice League movies because these heroes are, I think, uh, on, for at least as interesting as the as the Marvel ones. And but now you have a whole generation of kids yeah. uh, that are going to be Marvel fans. Yeah. Like, uh, but I mean, luckily Brian's son, Dom, uh, just his cyborg costume is pretty dope. I got to give him that. So anyway, I'll stop talking. That's just my general thoughts, but, gotcha. but, uh, not yeah. great. Not great, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> and it's actually, you use kind of the word at the end. It's actually very impressive to me how you can make this uninteresting, how you yeah. can take Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the Flash and everything that comes with that and make it boring at times. Um, at and times. I, I mean, uh, when it's not just people running around and punching, you know, all the dialogue is boring. Um, it, it reminded me if, say, the MCU came out, say, the Avengers came out and they told you beforehand, okay, you can see the Avengers, but the only movies you're allowed to see beforehand is the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And that's <laughs> yes, the only yeah. frame of reference <laughs> yeah. you're allowed to have going into this movie. That's how I right. felt the entire time. Like, there are tons of these fan service kinds of moments with the characters meeting up and throwing lines and, and making fun of each other and, and referencing things that happened between them in the past that haven't happened yet, that are going to happen in movies eventually, we think. Um, I just, this movie just feels so out of place. It feels premature. I'm not saying that a justice league movie isn't a good idea because of course it's a good idea. Um, but really it just comes down to putting the cart before the horse, uh, trying to play catch up, um, to an industry instead of trying to tell good stories and, uh, you know, grow it organically. And the third, and maybe probably definitely most important is hitching your train to Zack Snyder from the beginning Gosh. and yeah. saying, this is the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land. What evidence have they seen along the way that is going to, um, prove that, that they, that has given them any vote of confidence that it, he's going to turn the ship and, mm. uh, turn things around. Uh, I think they kind of got what they asked for there's a, in terms of that. So I always quote this movie cause it's such a quote. It's basically Oscar Wilde or Mark Twain or, the bard Shakespeare himself, but there, you know, the second, uh, Shanghai noon movie, I believe it's called Shanghai nights. Right. 
There's a scene. I'm very that. familiar. Yes. Yeah. There's a second. I believe it's like, there's a first one. Favorite. That's the only one I've seen. <laughs> I think it's the second one. It might be the first one. But I, always, I don't know why this line always stuck in my head. I think it was in the trailer. Uh, there's a scene. It's Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. And uh, Jackie Chan does some Jackie Chanish stunt where he, you know, runs up like thick walls and crosses a big piece of a river. And now it's Owen Wilson's turn to like cross this river or whatever brick something. And he has to make a jump essentially. And oh, Jackie wow. Chan's. Yeah, Jackie Chan's like, it's your turn. And Owen Wilson says, what in our past history together makes you think I'm capable of doing something like that? And that's what I think about Zack Snyder. Yeah. Like, yeah. what in your past history of Zack Snyder makes you think he's capable of handling Justice League? Yeah. They should have known at... Anyway, right, that's my back tattoo. You know, says. right when... In script. Right when they kick this thing off with Man of Steel. In Chinese lettering, I appreciate that part. It's good. Whenever Christopher Nolan was like, nope, nope, nope. Write it from the from the outset. That's when they should have tried yeah. to turn the direction, or just said, "Yeah, we'll do Justice League, but now's not the time. We can push that back and just keep trying to build this thing the right way." And it does. And I just feel bad for Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, and that movie just feels. It feel I feel bad for that movie now because it's got this tarnished stain on it. Three months after it came out. <laughs> you know, it didn't even have time to get, I know, you know, put crazy. in a Christmas stocking before you have this movie come out and almost and tarnish the entire thing. I, I see Wonder Woman as different now because of this. With this context, it's just like, oh, just knowing it's, where it goes after that. It's just it's depressing. You're totally right, Ken. And and, and so what they try to do in a, in a sense, and this is someone who knows nothing. So I'll say, but it seems from the outside looking in that they try to mimic Marvel's success of. Obviously, you know, we've talked about it with the, the extended universe. But one thing Marvel had, and it's just so funny, if they had made a few quote-unquote critical failures, if, if, if those movies, if Batman v Superman and, and maybe Man of Steel were, were not, were as they are, actually are, they, those happened. But they didn't have Justice League on the horizon. And then they make Wonder Woman, and it's this awesome success. And they say, you know what, that's the tone that we're looking for. Maybe right. the, the director yeah. we're looking for. And then they make Justice League. Um, then it's really interesting yep. what what marvel marvel got so lucky in what in a sense where their first one iron man was like oh that's our tone okay let's cut mm -hmm. everything can copy this and and so uh warner brothers and dc tried to do the same thing like okay man of steel or or you know that's going to be our tone and we'll go but it's like well if you miss on that first swing then you've committed to this whole aesthetic and committed to this whole universe whereas you know, they probably could have gotten away with a couple misfires, nailed Wonder Woman, and then said, okay, Patty Jenkins is doing Justice League. Uh, it's going to be Wonder Woman-led. Everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. Um, and, you know, we're going to work. We're still going to keep Cavill as Superman, but it's going to be kind of different. You know, Man of Steel maybe didn't happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you can kind of like, you can play with it and, and tweak it in different ways. But they yeah. tried to base everything off the first movie like Marvel did. The difference being Marvel got lucky and, and, and Favreau deserves credit for making a really stellar first entry. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think after Man of Steel, though, they could have made a a decision at that point because their yeah. next thing was Batman versus Superman. Why are they making that movie after one movie into, into the franchise? You know, yeah. I just I just don't understand the logic behind any of their foresight. And yeah, there's, there's not none. there's, there's no logic. Yeah. I mean, it, the the whole bit from the very beginning seemed like. We have to catch up to Mar not just catch up. We have to prove that we are superior to Marvel. And there's a you know there's a lot of history there between the two 
just from the film side of one kind of poking the other and whatnot. And, but it was just such a huge miscalculation. You know, Zack Snyder, I, we, the three of us and I, and Shane, I, I can't remember where you really stand on, on Snides, but at least the three of us, I feel like we, we probably agree that we don't care for Snyder's vision and, and the way he makes a film and, and his aesthetic. And I have sort of before. Not, yeah. Not I, in sure. recent years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. he has some stuff that's, that's fine, but the idea to me that you could hand over the keys to the kingdom to him mm-hmm. was such I, I just you go back in time and you're like, why did you think that was a good idea? Like he his aesthetic is so I don't want to say niche because his movies made a you know, they've all made a good chunk of money, but it's not it's not broad appeal. He's very stylistic. I, yeah. He's an auteur. He's an auteur. And I think I think it right. also is very I think that doesn't I think it dated so quickly. Like three hundred was a very well received movie in 2007 i think when it came out and 10 years later it doesn't it doesn't even look good let alone whether or not it's a good movie or not whatever but just from a just from a look standpoint it uh, it hasn't aged well and i just you know if Zack snyder if they set up this if warner brothers set up this this dc extended universe and Whoever came in and direct, I don't care what, I don't want to give it, but somebody does a man of steel. And then they kind of what you guys are saying, if you, if you get a couple or three movies and then if Zack Snyder does suicide squad within the, the DC extended universe, I think that's fine. Like that works, but the idea, whether it's a good or movie or not, doesn't really matter. Like that's fine. Like that, that fits what he, he is good at. That fits his style. That fits his, I think that fits his abilities. The idea that you could just have him run this entire thing that you're trying to build you know a universe of films off of is and by the way a huge business yes yes not to mention artistic statement but like or whatever a huge part of your as just speaking as a company as warner brothers a huge part of your next 10 years yeah exactly your next harry potter basically you're trying to build your next harry potter that's true We, would, we've talked about it. Yeah. We've touched on it before. And like, yeah, I mean, I because I'm 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 in absolute agreement with you in agreement with you guys that, you know, I, Zack Snyder is a filmmaker, first and foremost. Right. I think he does things well. I mean, whether you think he does things well, or you think he does things poorly, hire him to do one movie. Right. Fine. Right. Give him Batman, Superman, whatever. Right. But you don't want to hire him to be the Kevin Feige of this universe it's, because he's yeah. not a producer. He's not an architect. He's a filmmaker. Right. So you need to get somebody on the DC side who is more of an architect who can kind of essentially control the universe and then hire out certain movies Isaiah to Thomas. certain directors. Right. And it's, <laughs> that's yeah. not even necessarily a slam against Zack Snyder. Right. I mean, it's I exactly would say right. the same yeah. thing about David Fincher. I would say yes. the same thing about Martin Scorsese. I would say the same thing about Steven Spielberg. You don't hire Steven Spielberg right. to yes. run a universe. You hire him to make a movie and then you get somebody mm-hmm. else to do the next one. Yeah. You know? hundred percent. That's a perfect way to put it. And I, that was my biggest concern from Man of Steel and certainly once we got to Batman v Superman was that this this aesthetic this uh, these ideas these ideals these this character design design maybe more than anything else you're locked into it and you can't i just i worried i think if we went back if I look back and listened to BVS episode i would i i'm pretty sure i said i'm i just don't know how they can escape what he's putting forward. And so, you know, people are excited about Matt Reeves doing 
Batman or or a Batman trilogy or something. And I I don't know how you can do that with Affleck. And it may not matter because Affleck is, you know, just constantly saying that he may not do this. Just like get in or get out. Like I don't care, but I don't know how you can carry forward another film or another trilogy with this design character design that Snyder has put forth. And I think he did Superman such a giant disservice throughout the the two and a half films that he did. And he clearly didn't know what to do with Wonder Woman. And then in this movie you get three new characters that, you know, for one Whichever one of y'all said, like, <laughs> why are <laughs> the idea that you can try to do your Justice League before you've you've ever introduced us to three of the main characters is absurd. Dude, you don't remember those trailers in Batman? V- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Three like the of the <laughs> three of the main five on the poster. So more yeah. than half of your of your we team. We don't them. know. We don't know who these yeah. guys are. We, we know another names, but that's it. Gosh, but. But beyond that, you you now have introduced those characters into this uh, universe and this particular this kind of uh, branch of DC, and I don't know how any of them recover from that. And I I'm sure we'll talk plenty about all all of them, but like I could not stand I could not stand Aquaman. I could not stand Cy- Cyborg. To to be fair, like he didn't stand a chance. That was. His storyline and his character when I were the maybe the most sloppy like edit between the two visions of film that I've that I've, that you can see in this movie. It's just so it's so bad. Not to mention he looks terrible. Why does he look like he is in a video game on N sixty four or something? I mean, it's just like it's so bad. Um, and I aggressively hate the Flash. I, I, ooh, I <laughs> ooh. Even even as, as a, in terms of we do a movie podcast uh, and we're pretty professional about it and I take it pretty seriously. If that movie ever comes out, I don't know if I will see it. Like even for the podcast, I hated that character so much. <laughs> I just wow. I can't believe that this was a. I can't believe that they did so much. They went to such length to make sure that they separate this character from the TV version, which, by the way, the TV version works like that shows not enormously it's, successful. It's yeah. very successful. The character is likable. Um, th- that world on that show works. And I understand it's a TV show. It's on the CW. It has a different tone. And that was the big deal, right? Like they kept saying. Grant Gustin doesn't work in this world because we're, you know, we're dark and edgy over here on the on the movie side of things. And it just doesn't what he's doing doesn't quite work. And we don't want to confuse the TV audience, blah, 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 blah. And then you get this flash that is basically like a jokey version of Sheldon Cooper. And it's, it's like you can't Grant Gustin couldn't have done a goofy flash. I don't I don't understand um, what. <laughs> that would like have made the sense, Brian. They, they, that went in, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they exactly. planted the seed perfectly. That would have been too easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, know, anyway. I, I feel like I see where you're coming from, Brian. I do disagree a little bit. I feel like if you would have put Grant Gustin in this movie, he would have felt totally out of place. I agree. I totally agree with you. My, what I'm saying is, if you're gonna do the Flash like this, then you might as well just have Grant Gustin do it. You don't need to cast a new person and try to set this character up as something completely different it i don't know man i 
it's so it was so bad to me. Like from the first minute this kid was on screen, I was like, I I'm I'm going to stab myself. I can't. This is so this is so bad. I don't understand how this was the vision, whether that's, you know, I want to be fair to Ezra Miller because who even knows like what he was being told and what scenes were directed by Joss and what were done by Snyder and how do you. It wasn't. It certainly was not fair to him, just like it wasn't fair to to Ray Fisher, a cyborg, or or Momoa, or any of the others. It's not fair to them. Um, but the the character interpretation was abhorrent to me. I just I could not I could not stand anything that was that was taking place with that character. And to me, it was like if you're going to do this, if you're not going to set him apart from. Um, what's happening on the TV version, then just have the guy come in from TV. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. And at least maybe that guy has some familiarity with the character and he has some like base to work with. I don't know. Cause right. I think that's part of the problem too, is like you're throwing these guys into these, this movie and just being like, Oh, here's your character now go. And they haven't ever established that character and they're working opposite people and actors and characters that have been established it's just it's just such a it's such a mess um i told i was talking to shane off off uh i almost said camera off uh, the air <laughs> yesterday and just said you know i think it i'm i'm with like i see there are some brighter spots and i think it's i definitely think it's better than batman v superman but I kind of think that's like saying a one-legged dog is better than a no-legged dog. Like, it's just like, okay, cool. It's better than one of the 10 worst movies I've ever seen, but that doesn't necessarily, and I don't, it never had a fair, it never was going to get a fair shake just because of the ridiculous, crazy, uh, behind this, you know, the, the, the reshoots and the changing of this and the new director and all this. I mean, it was, this was going to be a mess from the beginning, but, um, you would have just liked, I, for me, I just wanted to, I would have liked to have been able to come out and been like, okay, that movie wasn't good, but here's where we're, we're headed. And here's why I, I have like a, an ounce of faith in, in what we're doing. And I, I just, could, I can't, I can't get there. And that frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, it's been very noted that this went through a lot of production issues at the end when Zack Snyder had to leave the production for family reasons, and then they went through a bunch of reshoots and uh, deleted a lot of this movie out. Um, they cut Willem Dafoe completely out of the movie. He had a large role as part of Atlantis, so we didn't have to suffer through that. Um, they cut Jesse Eisenberg completely out of the movie. No, as, he as actually like, well, no. At the end, I know he's in the end. Uh, and Willem but, Dafoe just had a Snickers bar. He wasn't <laughs> cut out. So uh, there was no use. He wasn't evil anymore. It was, yeah. Um, <laughs> But there is a lot of character development, character building with the new characters, especially with the Cyborg and with Aquaman and the Flash that they did cut out of the movie. Um, to They said, uh, I don't know what it was one of the producers or Warner Brothers that said, the one requirement we have is this has to be less than two hours. So hey, can, I, can I jump in for a second yeah. here? So that, okay. So that's one of the big points that I wanted to talk about. I think one of the reasons why this movie is not as good as it should be is because of Blade Runner. And this is a reason of why we can't have nice things because <laughs> Blade Runner was an incredible, the new one, Blade Runner 2049 was this incredible, well-made film that ran two hours and 50 minutes. And I heard so many people say, 
Oh, well, it's like three hours. I'm not going to sit through that. And yeah. it's like, yeah. did you not just tell me that you binge watch Stranger Things in a weekend? What do you mean you don't have three hours? Like, go see the movie. It's incredible. Like, tough, you know? Yeah. I think that since Blade Runner did poorly, I think I, I, this is not confirmed. I'm just putting this out as a theory. I think that late, late in the game, Warner Brothers threw down the edict of you got to cut this thing under two hours. Like yeah. people aren't going to see it if it's it's a one second over two hours. And there so, were some complaints on Batman v Superman with that too. I don't know. I don't hard. know how true that is because I I think they knew this wasn't going to work either way, and they wanted it for people to say, well, at least that wasn't two and a half hours. At least I got out of there at an hour forty. You know, if you're going to beat me over the head, at least only beat me over the head for. An hour, you know. I think <laughs> just so, saying. but I, but I just, I do feel like I, I, I like do feel say like it is not unfair to say that there is a two and a half hour version of this movie that's oh, of better because it puts some some meat back on the bones of this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think the how. worst parts oh. of these movie. Well, I think the worst parts of this film are the first thirty to forty minutes where it just whooshes by, where like scenes are edited. It felt like it, like the scene that you were supposed to watch was five minutes long, and they just said, okay, what are the three most important lines of dialogue mm-hmm. in this scene? Cut those three lines of dialogue together, and we move on to the next character. And it's like, yeah. it just felt like it was desperately hacked apart with a, with a hatchet until you yeah. got the Justice League together. And so, I actually you know, think, yeah. I think you're both right, to be honest. I think I think that was part of the, the deal, Shane, was that and and Batman v Superman was that way a little bit too, in that sure. it was too long, and yet it was super hacked up and not uh, not put to, to screen the way that that Snyder wanted anyway. But I think it. I think you're definitely right. I think there was some some of that was we got to keep this short, and you're just gonna that's we're throwing down the gauntlet. You got to do it. And to your point, Kent, I think. Um, it's 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 I the whole. They it's not any good, is, so cut it out anyway. Like we don't care. Yeah, like just you know, get it I, out. I think, especially given um, the tragedy that happened within Snyder's family, I think personally, and, and, I, and this is the same, like I have no insider information by any means, but um, I think if they, I think if Warner Brothers would have believed in this movie at all, uh, especially when that happened with Snyder's family, they would have said, hey, we're pushing Justice League to whatever, March of 2018 or right lie or something like that and we'll figure out how to make it work i think they got to a place where and there in some ways this isn't wrong it just it just furthers the continual spiral of you've made so many dumb decisions that you're you're stuck in a, in a bad you're you know you're caught in the caught in the whirlpool basically i don't think it was necessarily wrong for them to say we just want to get out of this we want to get we want to get to some level ground or some sort of reboot or reset where we can move on. Um, the way to do that, I think probably would have been to try to get this film right or just scrap it altogether and take the hit on whatever money you'd already spent and walk away because doing it like this of putting out this sort of truncated machete edited type movie all it has done, in my opinion, you said, Kent, you know, that you, this kind of delegitimized Wonder Woman to you a little bit. I won't take it quite that far, but I feel like all of these characters and I, I actually, uh, I, you know, when we get more into like some some of the deeper conversations, I like a couple of the characters at this point, And I felt like I like Wonder Woman a lot and I love Gal. And I think that that works really well. And I actually feel like this movie for the first time. Um, certainly in this iteration and, and maybe, maybe ever 
I felt like we were starting to see the right notes and the right tone for Superman. And I now, because of how junky this movie is and the weird way it was put out and, and pieced together and all this, I just, I think you're, they're going to be further stuck in the whirlpool of like, okay, now we're trying to reset and reboot or move on or whatever you want to call it, but we, how do we do it? Because Wonder Woman works. We think maybe Henry Cavill, Cavill as, as Superman, that might work, but we're not totally sure, but we have some positive vibes on that. So how do you keep those two things going when all the, all the rest of this is just so mired in the suck, you know? And, and, and I, I think that if you could have just said, hey, we're going to try our best to get this right and we're going to put that movie out in July of 2018 or something, whatever it takes to get it done would have been a better option than just, to your point, Kent, of just being like, mm -hmm. I think if we got real information of what happened in the you know higher up meetings at Warner Brothers, there's a lot of people saying this movie's going to suck no matter what. We've just got to get it out and get done with it. Yep. And um Speaking of Wonder Woman, I really feel like, and and we jokingly put out there on Twitter, the weekend of Wonder Woman, that, you know, that Monday morning at Warner Brothers, they sat around a conference table and said, how can we make Wonder Woman the center of this movie? Yeah. And there's no there's evidence to, to, of course, if you've seen the movie, you know, there's evidence to, uh, to point that uh, she's definitely more involved than uh, you would have thought she would have been before Wonder Woman. Um, but also in the, tra some of the trailers to justice league, uh, the scene in justice league where she's at the bank or whatever, and she's rescuing the people from the hostages situation. Um, one of the but trailers, were those bad guys, like, why were they in the movie? Like right. what, like what I, was happening? I, I don't know. Uh, she's scene. just doing something. Uh, it happened in six seconds an and then we moved on. It was an excuse to call back to the dark Knight in some way. I don't know, whatever. Um, in that scene in the trailer, there's a shot from the outside where the bomb blows up and you see the car, like the cops, like running from the building or whatever. Um, I'm willing to bet in the original cut of justice league, she doesn't save the day or whatever. And, um, has this huge character building moment of, can I really do it? But it seems like in reshoots, they cut around to make her throw the briefcase out the top of the roof and it blows up and saves the day. And she's, uh, to preserve the character that they had built in Wonder Woman. I just think, I think those kinds of choices were made after mm -hmm. the fact. And so that's just one more thing you had to deal with, deal with other than introducing all these characters. And Brian, you talked about the flash. I want to talk about Aquaman because I was yeah. shocked at how much I despised Aquaman. I could not believe that they went for this douchey surfer, bro drunk mm -hmm. guy yeah. character. Like the most unlikable person you could have right out of the bottle, of. bro. And <laughs> yeah, the ad, the California twang he tried to talk with was Ugh. awful. And that scene where he's chugging the whiskey and like throws it into the water and jumps into the water. I was like, this is, it was cringe yeah. fest 2017. The entire time he was on screen, I don't want to see anything else with that. And the, the way they had the, the bubbles underwater so that they could talk. And oh, yeah. James, James, oh, Wan, <laughs> James Wan has had to put out, honestly, no joke, has had to put out a press official release from his publicist or whatever saying, my Aquaman will not have air bubbles to talk. And you're trying to right the wrongs of this movie uh, already. That's not a good sign. But 
I yeah. just, I just, you, you I could totally tell that that scene was part of Joss Whedon's reshoots because that scene just reeked of, Hey, we don't have the budget or the time to do the water effects. So let's just put them in a stupid bubble. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. totally. And, and Jar Jar flies like, in and Jar Jar is yeah. like, Ooh, what's going on over here? No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That stuff just drives me nuts <laughs> because again, it's like, you're putting so much, you're already have put so much money into this. That, that goes to my point earlier. It, it just, it all starts to feel like, uh, like threat level midnight agent, Michael Scarn, like the Michael Scott movie. We were just like, Oh yeah, I forgot we did that. Oh, well, okay. I guess he's got a gold face in this scene. That stuff like that should not happen in a huge movie like this. It just can't happen. No, I, you know, I mean, to me, yeah, I, I just think that that's, this movie just got hacked to pieces. It's like reading, you know, I read some interviews with Jason Momoa and I read some interviews with Ray Fisher, the guy who played Cyborg. And I even read some interviews with Ezra Miller where they were talking about all of these scenes that were filmed, some with Zack Snyder, some with Joss Whedon, that didn't make the final cut that gave them so much backstory and explained kind of the way they were. It's like almost imagine like if you watched the last 20 minutes of the movie Rocky and that was all you watched, you'd be like, why do people like this movie? He's a doofus. He can't box that well. And clearly he <laughs> lost like it's dumb, but you like, you know, imagine not watching the first hour and a half of Rocky. Right. I feel like this movie is kind of the same way. Like there was this game plan of, you know, how to introduce these characters and what we're going to do. And like, yeah, look, the movie might be three hours long, but this is how we're going to tell the story of the justice league. And it just, it just feels like Warner brothers was like, Nope, Nope. That's not what you're going to do. You're going to cut it down to two hours. And this is what it is. I, yeah. you know, I think ultimately the best thing that needs to happen to the DCU is either all of the Warner brothers executives need to go oh, or yeah. the DCU needs to move to a new studio like uh-huh. universal or yeah. paramount or somewhere that's going to go. Hey guys, we get it. Like just like Disney lets Marvel kind of run their own thing. Let's find a studio. That's going to let us make the movies that we want to make. And we need to make without sticking their fingers in the cookie jar. Sure. Yeah. Jason Momoa was talking about, there's a lot of stuff with Aquaman that's uh, his origin that's not in the movie. And he said, yeah, there's a, you know, we're going to get my introduction later. And to your point, Shane, that they had, they did have a plan in place to introduce us to the justice league. Well, if you can't introduce us to the justice league with justice league, maybe you shouldn't be making justice league. Maybe the, yeah, yeah that's, I agree. I, I absolutely they, agree. The only point of this movie is to introduce I mean, speaking, you said this was machete edited. We're going to have to watch the, the DCU movies in machete order someday <laughs> for this to make any sense. You're going to have to watch this hard pass f- fifth on the list of all the, and that's after Aquaman and after flash, if they give him his own movie and cyborg. And mm. I mean, it, mm. and let's speak, let's talk about Joss Whedon real quick, because it is noted that he came in and cleaned, some of this up but there's a lot of it that i'm shocked to see made it into a joss whedon movie some of the dialogue is is really Ugh. bad uh some of the lines are i mean a lot of bad dialogue the, i hated uh, how on the nose it was with the batman i'm putting together a team like just mm-hmm. being that upfront about it's just like just stop i hate it i hated it how how um some of the I'm some of the jokes some of the jokes <laughs> That that paid off in the in the Avengers were the jokes about you know how they would poke fun at Captain America for being old, and uh, they would poke fun at uh, Bruce Banner for going crazy and things like that. I feel like they had jokes like that in here. For example, when Batman meets Aquaman and he says, "I hear you can talk to fish," 
okay, are you serious? Do you really think he can talk to fish? Right. Or are you kidding him because that's what people say about it? See, I don't know. There's no backstory there. There's no relationship yeah. there to fall back on. Right. That joke falls flat because of that. And that this movie was chock full of those moments that, and if we had known these characters beforehand, probably would have landed a lot better. Maybe they will eventually. Like I said, maybe if we watch this fifth in the in the row, that we'll laugh at that moment. But it just didn't work this time around, and and, mm-hmm. and it had no frame of reference whatsoever. Yeah, I and think there's... the biggest thing that Joss. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you go. You're good. You go. Go ahead. I, I think the one of the things that it from from all the reports that you've kind of read um, that that I, it seems like Joss Whedon was hired to do was to kind of transition this movie to make just uh, to make a, a Wonder Woman the leader of the Justice League, and then also apparently he kind of inserted a little bit of a romance there, specifically like one scene that you can kind of see where Batman's like taking off his bat suit. Um, a little bit of a romance between Bruce and Diana. And I, I gotta say, and you and Batman. For, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was, that's all I could focus on was those pecs. Um, was just for me, that felt like the wrong move. And it's not Agreed. make, make no mistake. It's not that Wonder Woman can't lead the justice league. It's 2017. You need to get woke. If you don't think that she could lead the justice league, it's that every movie leading up to this has not put her in a position to do it. Yes. And once again, it feels like studio executives are being super reactionary. Like, Oh, well people like wonder woman now. So uh, you got to rewrite the movie to make wonder woman, the leader of the justice league. And it's like, but guys, the four movies leading up to this did not point to that direction. So mm-hmm. let yeah. Batman be the leader of the wonder uh, of the justice league or Superman, whatever. Right. Right. But those well, felt super inserted and awkward. And it, and it yeah. felt like two competing movies again. And that's the same thing. Same thing goes for this idea that is, it's kind of propagated over and over again in this movie that is in direct uh, opposition to what we've seen, especially in Batman V Superman, but also in man of steel is this idea that like the world and Bruce slash Batman just really love and revere Superman after we spent two whole movies just tearing him apart and degrading him and making him an unbearable bore. Um, it, it, it just strikes, it struck me as so false to have, you know, lines like, like Bruce or about whatever Batman saying, you know, he's more human than me. And, and, you know, just like, I just was like, like six months ago, you were, you were literally grinning while stabbing him with a spear made of kryptonite. So yeah. I don't, I don't feel like, again, the whole Martha thing, but like, <laughs> that doesn't, it, it, it comes off as extremely reactionary <laughs> to, I'm oh, sorry. it turns out that people didn't like that we made Superman the worst. So maybe we should make it seem like people like him again. I don't, it's just, again, that was my, my fear from the very beginning with Snyder and with his vision for these characters and whatnot was that we're not going to be able to escape this. And I don't know how much of this was, you know, (laughs) I was talking to one of my friends who went to see this movie right after I did and was like, I guess you could, if you really want to give somebody Snyder the the benefit of the doubt maybe you could say he had this plan from like three movies we're gonna we're gonna take Superman from where he's at at the beginning of Man of Steel drag him through the mud and then we're gonna like bring him out the other side and it's gonna be this you know great redemption or something or societal redemption maybe but I feel like a that's giving Snyder a lot of credit that I don't I don't really feel like he deserves and B it's such a porous execution that it becomes, 
you're kind of left with it's either that or Whedon came in and was like, <laughs> you know, um, this is terrible. Like the what we've done with Superman is terrible and I've got to find some way around it. But it doesn't work within this narrative because of everything. Kind of what you're saying, uh, Shane, about Wonder Woman being a leader. We have never not gotten to that place. We don't have that kind of trust with these characters and with this setup and with the story that's going with it to believe that that's reality within this reality. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. By the way, I feel like we all are contractually obligated to just briefly touch upon the Superman mustache thing did not bother. Like, it's noticeable. But what are you, you going to do? Like, what you are you going to do? To be honest, right? like, I, as, I noticed as somebody it, who has made a film before. Yeah. When you're dealt a card that you can't get around, you just have to work with it, guys. Yeah. Like, I get that it looks a little awkward, but what are you going to do? You know, the only thing I would say on that is like, you're you're Warner Brothers, you're DC. Can you not find? And I probably wouldn't have this criticism if I didn't already think that the CGI and stuff just looked horrible throughout the course of these movies. But like, you're a huge movie studio. This is a huge movie. Can you not get better CGI than that? That's my own. Like, I get it. This is the hand you were dealt. You got to do what you got to do. But can we not do a little better than that? And that, again, probably stems from why does it look? Why does this movie look the way that it does just when it gets to the CGI stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I noticed it a little bit with Henry Cavill, but the the first scene in the Batcave with Alfred, there's something up with Ben Affleck's face in that scene too. Like they're trying to make him look older or they're transitioning. It feels like they're transitioning in a weird way for another actor to come step in. It just felt, I don't know, go back and watch that scene. It felt a couple times I thought they were doing face replacement or you got somebody else to act it and then they they stitched it Paul Walker style onto it or something like that. It, it was just something weird going on with this whole movie, really. But uh, I did touch- notice in the first three scenes that you see Ben Affleck, he doesn't have a beard, then he does have a full beard, and then he doesn't yeah. again. And it's like, maybe, guys, that's, what's going maybe on? that's it. It's just like his face was morphing throughout the entire movie. I couldn't couldn't quite figure out what was going on. It's probably it yeah. I'm, a, I'm with you, Kent. I it, agree. It, it, it's a it's a subject. I mean, it's a result of the reshoots, I'm sure. But um, let's move on and talk about um, Cyborg a little bit because. There's a lot of stuff here that they didn't show us, thank goodness, with his football career, with his uh, story with his dad, with his origin and everything. It feels like they're desperate for a technological Iron Man type character with kind of uh, a bionic powers. You know, they don't have really that to offer. I know that uh, he's got a big role in the original Justice League and he's an important character, but. I don't know if he works with this team. I don't no. know if this is, this is, it, it just felt so out of place compared to the others. It felt the most out of place. And I mean, I compared him to Iron Man, but I mean, he's got kind of the same abilities. He's, he's got the, even the thing where he wears the shirt and you can see his chest lighting up and all that stuff. Uh, there's, right. there's a lot of similarities to Avengers here, just structure, structurally how, um, how they're, split up between Bruce and Diana on going and recruiting people, just how it was Black Widow and and uh Nick Fury recruiting people in the first one and they and uh I guess the villain here, Steppenwolf, is kind of the Loki character. 
who has ties to Diana, who also has ties to Thor. I mean, there's a, there's a lot, and not even to mention the cubes and all that. There's a lot here <sighs> just that you can borrow from that structure that people say, wow, that felt kind of different. That felt more like Marvel than DC. It's because of th- things like that on, and the ways that they can structure this to make it familiar to the, uh, to the watcher. But, man, yeah, Cyborg... I would have liked to have known his character better, but also every time he was on screen, he's like, I don't want this to be on screen anymore. I don't want to see any more of this. Can we please, can we please move on? And that's to your point, Brian, earlier, by comparison, <laughs> I, hate to, yeah. I have to preface it with, by comparison, Henry Cavill's pretty good Superman, and I'm not, I'm not uh, completely sold on the fact that he shouldn't be Superman. I think he's a good Superman. I think he fits everything I want my Superman to be. Not in this movie, not in this universe. I would take him as Superman with another director, with another vision. I think he's fine, and uh, he fits all the qualities I want. I, maybe somebody a little bit more charismatic would be nice, but Superman is an alien, and I think he has to kind of have that stoic quality to him to make him feel, like, superior, and uh, he, he can't be too human, you know, in a lot of ways. So uh, yeah. I like that, but I, 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 I don't like I, I was optimistic about Batman after BVS, but I think Batman took a step back with this movie. He, he clearly doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there, and that's fine. Like I, I can't blame. I, I agree. Aff- I felt the same. Yeah, way. I don't want to be the same way. Yeah, I can't blame Affleck for being like I signed up for this, and I immediately regret my decision. This is terrible. I don't want to be <laughs> I immediately here. regret this. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. Get out, dude. Just I'm tired of the of hinting back and forth of like, well, I might not be here for the next. Just just go. Just go. Whatever the contract is, you can figure it out. Just just go. Cause stop yeah. doing this. Stop stop coming and it's not even that he's just cashing a check. Like I have respect for people that cash a check, but if you're gonna cash a check and then just basically spend the entire two hours grimacing, like you that's and not as a character. Like you definitely don't want to be there i i just like get out just go away oh i agree with you 100 percent. especially since batman is my favorite character in movie history or or just fiction history if right. you're not going to give 110 percent to the role then leave just leave don't phone it in come on yeah. like the character's better than that right so don't just don't if you're gonna i do i absolutely agree it did feel like there were multiple moments, especially during some of the like what clearly felt like reshoots where he was just like eh, i'm just gonna phone this in yeah, i don't want to be here totally yeah yeah uh, I think where Batman vs Superman for me, or Batman v Superman, sorry, uh, I call it by its title. Uh, for me, <laughs> really felt falls off the train early. Is I kind of like the intro with flashing back to Man of Steel, and you see it from Bruce Wayne's perspective, and all that destruction, cool stuff in the beginning. I don't mind that, but then immediately we go to Lois Lane for twenty minutes, and it completely yeah. derails the entire story of. Superman and Batman, and now you have to follow her, and then hopefully you get back to Bruce Wayne at some point. Um, they need to get Lois Lane out of here pretty fast too, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. maybe have her in one scene. Or, she's an awful Lois. Lane. I, I cannot stand yeah, what they've done with great. with she's Lois great. here. I see they're trying to give Superman some kind of story, but just put Superman on the screen. I, that's all we need, and yeah, make it more impactful. Yeah. I don't need to see Superman's mom and Lois having conversation with her, and then all that. Um, I want to see Superman, and then you can bring back Lois Lane, but make it count when you do, or make it at, at an impactful moment where he has to decide between saving her or saving the world or something like that. 
it it's just it seems like a waste to have her every time and like i said i'm not against her as a character but i'm against her being in this as much as she is and being as integral part of the story and everything going forward here we've got too many characters to care about yeah and i want to care about batman i want to care about superman i want to care about the justice league not to mention wonder woman who like you said it should be the central figure in all of this there's just too much to do and too little time to do it and we got to cut the trim the fat and i think lois lane sorry you're fat at this point and you need to go sorry Okay. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And, I, and to your point, I think you're not Super literally League. calling her fat. We should, right. yeah, I was just about to say, Ken on the record calling <laughs> Amy Adams fat. Yeah, so you're too fat for Lois Lane. You need no. to go. You're yeah. too fat. Get out. No, no. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're totally right. Superman, Superman is the best part of this movie. And that to me, that includes Wonder Woman. And I love Wonder Woman and I love, I love Gal, but it's like these brief instances. I just got excited of like, man, this, this feels like, this could be right, but he's in the movie for like eight minutes. And so it's real hard to be enthused about that. And then when you add in like, but how do we escape from all the other stuff that we've entrapped him in moving forward? It, it you know, I don't know how to feel hopeful about that moving forward. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's so absolutely. it's so funny because they can't even. They can't even do their own plan right. You know uh. how Marvel. I, I, I'm, I don't mean to call them Marvel this much, but one thing they do do well is call back to other movies in pl- or plant seeds in one movie and then pay it off six movies down the, down the line, right? right. Uh, for example, at the end of Batman v Superman, the, it, the closing shot of the movie is the, the dust, you know, rumbling uh, on Superman's coffin, right? And then they bring Superman back in this in a completely different way. Yep. And it negates that part. Like you feel like he's going to bust out of the coffin or that he's still alive or something. And that no, they have to get the kryptonite and bring him back to the ship and then put him in the water and do the whole ritual and do the whole, yeah, I just, the ritual. I mean, the cube, so sorry, the cube, too. not the kryptonite. The kryptonite I don't know if that's BVS. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if that's based on anything in the comics. I don't really care. I thought it was it really, is. no, the, the, uh, the ritual to bring him back to life was no, really, it was really stupid. It didn't, it didn't fit the movie at all. Um, and then you immediately go to the next scene in which I believe for the first time ever and only time in the movie, Cyborg can't control his body to set off the fight against Superman. It's just like, you, there's got to be some, I don't know, some continuity throughout this. We can't have these lips keep popping up you know what i mean like it's just it was so i was i rolled my eyes so hard that i think the person next to me heard my eyes when cyborg <laughs> couldn't control his body yeah. and, and I, I can't stop it and shoots it it's just like why we haven't seen that up to this point and we, we didn't see it in like it's just come on man Right. And that's the thing. If you want to have that moment in the film and you want to have it work, then like rule of threes, introduce it earlier and then introduce it again later to like where it works out for him or whatever. Right. It's like, you know, but again, it's like, and I don't know, I'd like to think, and I I truly believe that both Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon are super capable filmmakers. I think they are. You don't become successful and famous if you don't kind of sort of know what you're doing for the most part. And I think that probably if if we got to watch the fully unabridged edited versions that Zack Snyder or even Joss Whedon wanted to turn in, we'd like the movie so much better. But again, it just feels like every little piece 
of fat was cut from this movie to make this streamlined thing where by the end of it, you don't care about some of the newer characters. And it's just, it's like literally all you're just building towards is the 20 minute action sequence at the end. And it's like, that doesn't make for a good movie at all. Maybe Mm -hmm. you might've liked it more Shane as like a DC Batman guy. I don't know if the, I don't know if it would have been any any better. It probably would have made more sense, but I don't know. Yes. That's judging yeah. the dialogue that we've seen. I, I don't know if any more of that would have been better. You know what I mean? It probably would have been more logical, but still a bore. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I do think that adding a little bit more, more sense cohesive. back to the, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's got to count for something, right? To add a little bit of meat back to the bones to, to flesh it out, I guess. But no, I agree. I mean, it's like if, if you don't like if you don't like the take that the movie took, then I completely understand you don't want more of it. But I think that I just wanted to see like a little bit more of like, give me some backstory. Give me a little bit of character mm-hmm. beats here yeah. and there, just instead of cutting everything relentlessly until you get to that final battle at the end. Yeah. yeah. No, I, agree. I actually agree. I, I don't think I would have, if Snyder did this movie, I don't think I would have liked it. Cause I just, I can't stand what he's doing with these characters and the look and everything, but it would be a different, it would be a, it would feel like a more fair criticism, I guess, to say, I don't, I don't care for this movie and here's, or this movie is bad and here's why. Whereas this is like, this is bad or this doesn't work. And the reason is because this and this and this and the studio interference and we're cutting and all these extra factors that um, really shouldn't, I mean, studios are a part of this. I get it. I understand that that's part of how a film gets made as a studio has some decision-making, but you don't typically see it. That's this aggressive and excessive in terms of how they've, you know, the demands that they made and the way they've cut it together and the weird productions and, and all this sort of stuff. It's, it almost gets to a point where you're like, it's, it was, it's not, it's almost not fair to even criticize the movie in some ways. Cause you're like, I don't even know what we just saw. Like this isn't a movie so much as it is just like a glob of scenes kind of put together in a way. I and agree, some of I agree are, with you 100%. Are, <laughs> yeah. Some of them that have been reshot six or seven times then in different ways, it's just, it's so it, it's, it would be a different criticism, I think for sure. But, um, it might in some ways feel more, I don't know, fairer in a way. Yeah. You, you I, I hope that do you think that they're going to put out an extended I hope they do that was my first thought leaving the theater I've, I've seen, seen it I've twice seen, now I've seen I've seen out they put out there that they're not it's not going to they're not going to release it like they did for BVS they did an arc R-rated cut I don't think they did the extended cut for BVS but they, they're not doing that for uh, for this they said that's a shame because because really I think there is a longer version of this movie that is better at least at least to Brian's point it's more cohesive maybe so Maybe so. Um, just a few things. Brian, you said that The Flash reminded you of Sheldon. Uh, I got Polly Shore vibes from him. Yeah, and that's that not too. Good. I, I, wrote down, I wrote down that as well. Yeah, that's not, good. that's not what you want. Uh, Sheldon Cooper early when he was like, and then like some, it to me, it was, it was a combination of Sheldon Cooper, <laughs> Sheldon Cooper, Polly Shore, and uh, Rain Man. It's just, <laughs> wow. No. Rocket and Man, also, you mean Rocket Man from uh, Harlan Williams? <laughs> nope. Oh. nope. I mean, uh, I mean Rain Man. Um, also, has has he never run before? Has Ezra Miller right. never taken a run somewhere? I mean, that was the most. It's just. Can you not watch a Tom Cruise movie or something and figure out how to run on screen? It was. I was very distracted by that every. Why time. does that matter though? That's not relevant to that character whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like that's the the only thing that he does is run. Uh, it was it was pretty bad, man. Also, on him, you know, if 
Superman and also Wonder Woman can do super speed stuff, then the Flash is completely irrelevant. That's what I mean. I was going to say, I'm done with the whole running fast as a superpower. Uh, I feel like we've seen kind of the extent of that on screen, what you can do with that. If that's your bit, at least bring something new to the table with it. Um, All they did was really, they added lightning to it. That's it. (laughs) And now we have more flashes in our face. Okay, that's great. I mean, they they do do that on the Flash TV show as well. Just a different color. I'm just saying. On the TV show, it's like yellow. So much. I mean, that's that's literally all he's bringing to the table is acting like Polly Shore and flashing lightning in our face. That's that's really it. There is a a funny, fun moment uh, where uh, he, he is running around and then Superman locks eyes with him. And he realizes like Superman is on his level. I think that was a funner moment. And uh, there are a couple moments like that that are fan servicey. That Batman vs Superman was completely devoid of, and yeah, I, and that that this brought me more feelings of positivity than that did um, in that regard. But uh, in here, where, would... where Superman, sorry, Richard, one thing, oh, you're where fine. Superman says. Do you bleed back at Batman in this? Oh, that was oh, awful. Gosh. So cringy. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Richard. Bell shoehorned in. Oh, yeah. I would say, oh, very much so. It call back, though, so it's worth it. <laughs> um, I think Aaron Sorkin came in and wrote that. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I thought Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf um, the vibe I got from him was like a mix between John Cryer um Gallagher, <laughs> Gallagher the comedian and then Dustin Hoffman and Kramer versus Kramer right did you yeah. kind of get that yeah. that mixture there exactly <laughs> mostly Gallagher though oh, it's when like you're the, reading my notes <laughs> when he had the when he had the big hammer and the watermelon as his main I was like yeah. no can we talk about Steppenwolf though how because yeah, like, we're an hour I, and a half into this and we haven't mentioned the you villain. know what you know what I and that's the yeah, one thing yeah. DC has is that they have be- they do have better villains than Marvel and this is what they go with wow yeah. didn't know his name I just wrote him in my notes as goat face. So to me, he's a goat face, yeah. goat face killer. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I hate yeah, it. I mean, I agree. I, I think he was a very boring villain and I think he was a villain completely unworthy of the justice league. Now I will say, I think it's a little reactionary to call him the worst villain ever. I mean, I, I, frankly, if you remember the villain from Thor two was just as boring. And you know what? The other thing that nobody really likes to talk about the villain from the first guardians of the galaxy movie just yeah. as boring. Nobody even remembers those villains' names, except for me, because I'm a nerd. But the, it was Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Malekith from Thor 2. But they're both the same. They just have those kind of grandiose, like, I'm going to destroy the world, like, speeches. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of do. I don't think he was the worst villain ever, but he definitely was not the villain that this film needed. It needed something bigger and yeah. better. And it's it, it's just bizarre that even from the initial script stages that anybody considered Steppenwolf as like a great villain for the Justice League, because to Richard's point, he's absolutely correct. DC has incredible villains and you picked this C level villain that shows up sometimes. I think that's part of the problem is, well, as far as Steppenwolf, like you're right, Shane, most, most of the, the Marvel villains are not particularly compelling at the very least. They can usually rely on just being like, base generic kind of villains and there's i don't know if it's like a familiarity or just it's easy to just be like well the rest of it was fine and was good and so that's whatever i think when you when you get to a place with this movie where there's so many other things happening that you know you i don't like then it's really easy to be like and by the way the villain is terrible and super boring the other part is 
you know, Loki in Avengers is a lot different, I think, than Loki in the first Thor. Like he he ups his game and becomes sort of not necessarily not just, I think, more compelling villain, but a uh, someone who's worthy of the of the fight that is going to require all the Avengers to come together to fight him. Right. And this is not really that, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't hit that note. I will say, in in some defense of of the decision to to pick, you know, villain, there's, I don't know. I'm not by any means like a a DC comic book expert, um, but I I do think there's there's like a big gap in terms of uh, power and just overall presence, but in the DC villain universe from people like the Joker and Lex Luthor to some extent and like very, like very human base level villains and then up to dark side, right? Like there's a big gap in between those two things. And I don't know how many, I don't know how many villains fit the bill of big enough to fight uh, the justice league or to require the justice league to come together, but not big enough to be dark side is that like yeah. to be the not to be this version of 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 thanos if that oh, makes I, sense. I i completely agree with you i think that there is kind of a with the exception of batman right who's got like a whole range of great right. villains or whatever yes. i totally agree with you but i think to to ken's point that he was mentioning earlier about just rushing through this whole universe thing fine if you want to rush through the entire universe and you want to get to Justice League super fast, then go all in. Put Darkseid in this yes, movie. Agree. He, agree. he has one awkward reference, right? Because Steppenwolf is like Darkseid's like main general, right? He's like the Rex Tillerson to, you know, essentially <laughs> to Darkseid's Trump. Um, but but for for you know, if you're gonna rush and put the Justice League together, then just put Darkseid in there. Just yeah, make him the main villain, right? If you can't afford to build up to Thanos over 18 movies, then just put him in this one and then we'll deal with the fallout later, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the I the, the bigger picture was to was for Lex Luthor to be that character. Um, at least oh, to use LexCorp in some kind of way and similar to Superman Returns, where he's not really f- fighting physically, but he's using his power of of corporation to to uh, take over the world, right? I think that was probably maybe at the back of their mind, but none of that works on any level. Which what they've done with Lex Luthor, and that's aside from Darkseid, probably the main villain in this universe. Unless you're bringing back the Joker and you're bringing right. back the Riddler and you're br- you're going right. that route, which I don't think they want to do with the Justice League. I don't think they want to cross right. it over you want something this, bigger you want yeah. something it's that stands on its own i don't think they can do that right, right. To, right. To the justice league together yeah and um yeah and and at the end of here we are in spoilers now uh, we spoiled everything sorry if you're if you're <laughs> listening this far in you've seen the movie i'm sure um they when they bring back lex luther doesn't he say something like we need to form our own league hinting at the injustice league which is another suicide squad so now we're going to have another separate movie series of the villains that are a part of justice league's trilogy series, but not a part of suicide squad. Like, what are we doing? Well, Why, to me, we... he was, he was referring to the Legion of doom, which is that group of villains that was in the literally the seventies super villain or the right. super friend super show. Friends, yeah. But, but here's the weird thing. Meanwhile, about at the Legion of doom. Exactly. Like they had that cool looking like helmet thing that comes out from a swamp. 
But but here's my thing. Okay, fine. So Lex Luthor wants to um, you know put together the Legion of Doom. All right, fine. I'm in with that. Your first call is not Deathstroke, right? Gosh. Like that is not your first call. Come on, but he's man. Jack, like, bro. He's jacked. Right. Come on. Which you know, and just and just because now we're in spoiler territory, folks don't know. So that character, his name is Slade Wilson. He's a mercenary that's been a villain for Batman for a long time. Not to be um, confused with former Dallas Cowboys backup quarterback Wade Wilson. And Des- right. Des- <laughs> there is some confusion. Well, and that's, Wade Wilson. Right, exactly. And that's uh, so De- uh, Deathstroke or Deathstroke came out before Deadpool, and Deathstroke was so popular in the DC universe that Marvel decided we got to come up with our own character that's like that. So Rob Liefeld took that character, modified him with a red and black costume and just made him a, a smooth talker that always you know says a bunch of funny stuff and called him wade wilson and that's how deadpool came about but seriously if you're gonna assemble the legion of doom your next call is like yeah i mean it's not it's not deathstroke he, he's a mercenary with two swords like that's not your guy right, right? call yeah. the joker if you really want to you know yeah. wreak well, some havoc and kind of to trail back to what we've said in this whole but if you're going to uh <laughs> if you're not going to use dark side here which by the way I feel pretty confident in saying that that's who uh Lex Luthor was alluding to at the very end of Batman v Superman wasn't yeah, it? Totally. wasn't he talking about he's he's coming or he's already totally. that's exactly or whatever. what he was talking about So if you're <laughs> you've already laid you've already done that but if you're still not going to going to pull the dark side card um in this movie then shouldn't you try to lay the groundwork for who the crap dark side is because i i don't know that dark side has the same like cultural relevance and cultural pull as someone like you could walk out on the street and say do you know who lex luthor is and probably eight out of ten people would be like oh yeah he's a bad guy from superman if you did the same with dark side i i think it goes down to like three out of 10 people or something, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a lot less. And so if you're going to do that, if you're going to, now we're, we're trying to build if you do up it with a joker, side, it's 10 out of 10, but if you do right. it inside of a hot topic, it's actually 11 out of 10. It's right. New, new yeah. percent. It's, weird, it's, not, it's, they yeah. get the manager. comes in. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you, if you're going to, if you're going to play this, this card of like, we're going to, we're going to build up to dark side then you should be laying the groundwork for that and not instead of literally one half sentence from Steppenwolf when no one is paying attention to anything Steppenwolf says. He right, like exactly. Vaguely mentions like when Darkseid comes and it's like in the middle of a sentence and then he moves on to something different. There's no mention of Acropolis, which is the planet that they come from. There's nothing to... Um, to make whenever we do get to dark side, whether that is whether another Justice League movie happens or if it's a complete re- whatever. But if you're if your whole plan is we're going to keep going from here, then you've got to do something to try to start establishing who this person is. If you're going to build him up to be if you're going to save him to be the big bad, the way Thanos has been within the Marvel Universe, then you've got to do something to to get us to that point where we're ready for him and we're we have like some base knowledge of who he is and we are, have some excitement for what that's going to be like, what that fight is going to look like, you know. And there's none of that. And so to your point, like if you're if you're not going to do that, then just go ahead and bring him out. Let's get it done with. I, right. Yeah. Stop. They should have. You know what they should have done? They should have done the exact same thing that the Avengers did at the end of the Avengers movie, right? Because Steppenwolf gets boom tubed up to Acropolis at the end of the movie, have a scene where Steppenwolf just gets punished by Darkseid. Just tease him then, for yeah. God's sake. Don't, don't waste my time with Deathstroke. Yeah. 
Agree. By the way, did anybody, I just want to get this out there. Did anybody notice the original marketing campaign for this movie, like all those posters of all the characters, it said unite the seven, like the seven <laughs> members of the Justice League. There are there six, six members yeah. in the, like, so, I, I saw so, that they tried to, to explain that off as that's an Aquaman promotion for the seven C's. And we'll learn about that later. Like I've, I've seen okay. that as an actual response to that. I don't think that's. Sure. Oh, is it true. really? Okay. Because what I was thinking was, if you want to unite the seven, put seven people in this movie. Don't tease me with the Green Lantern thing for two seconds in yep. a flashback. Yeah. Give me a Green Lantern. I want to see a Green Lantern in the movie, you know? It's entirely possible that there was one that we'll never know about. Who knows? Right. That got, um, once yeah, again, ma- didn't make the cutting room floor yeah, that, put, yeah, like everything else. Put the car before the horse, man. That's exactly, mm-hmm. exactly what happened. Uh, there's Shane, it's something I want to ask you about that I've seen the fanboys sure. a little bit upset about, is that when they do bring Superman back... And uh, to preface this, I will say it's funny how, (laughs) you know, he or Batman basically kills him or whatever in uh, BVS, uh, but he has to bring him back here. He's like, sorry, man, Steppenwolf's here. Sorry for killing you. Like, sorry you died. You know, Uh, sorry that the whole thing had to happen between us. It just seems very disingenuous, if I can use that term, but when they do bring him back, yeah, they didn't have this black Superman suit that everyone thought that it was going to have. Like, isn't that an iconic moment when he comes back in the comics or death of Superman? Isn't he in like a black suit with a white logo and he's got black hair or something. They kind of tease that at the beginning with all the flags, with the logos and everything. But when he comes out, he has uh, a suit on, doesn't he? Like a suit pants or something and no shirt. And then uh, well, listen, on. when you cast Henry Cavill, you don't put a shirt on that guy. <laughs> uh, of course, of course I would never wear a shirt if I looked like him. <laughs> yeah, of course exactly. not. Uh, but they have that moment where this is I, a funeral, I think Brian. the uh, Steppenwolf character, <laughs> nope. this, the Steppenwolf character comes back and um, he has that moment, the Christopher Reeve moment of like ripping the shirt with the, to reveal the <laughs> Superman suit, right? But right. it's the old Superman suit, but they just brightened the colors. Did you notice that? How they wanted it to mimic more of the Christopher Reeve colors, at least the brightened colors. Yeah, of the for sure. Suit. The suit was definitely brighter this time it, around. It, it definitely was. And um, yeah. how did you guys feel about them bringing back uh, some of the, the music themes? I only noticed it in, I guess there's one part with Batman and there's one part with Superman where they bring back the John Williams theme. My point of that is, and kind of to your point with Darkseid, Give me the freaking Superman theme. Like when Superman comes back, <laughs> give me the freaking John Williams fanfare. You know, if you're going to play it, play it. Don't play four notes of it just to say, well, there it was. You know, play the song, have the moment, just do it. You, you, there's a reason that those songs are so epic is because they're associated with that character. Take advantage of that. I think Danny Elfman uh, realizes that with uh, the music he did for Tim Burton and bringing that back for this movie. Yeah, I wish you would have done it more, but then you have to mix in Hans Zimmer and you're doing all this stuff. Uh, I just didn't have that moment, that payoff moment. Like if you're going to bring those themes back, do it. Um, and they didn't sure. even do it here. So that was, the score was a letdown for me. And one other thing I'll mention, uh, some of the cringy lines were, um, sorry guys, I didn't bring a sword. Um, <sighs> when every time, when Aquaman like grabs on the cyborg, he's like, "My man, I hate that so much." It's Kill in the trailer me. Yeah. too. All right, oh, right. I, he's like the Kool Aid guy. That's that's who he is. He's 
He's he's a drunk <laughs> Kool Aid guy. guy. Um, Kool Aid man. man was yeah. If the Kool Aid Man worked for Barstool Sports, that's what. <laughs> um, I hated the uh, line from Superman. I'm a big fan of justice. I hated that. And um, one other thing that, that was clunky for sure. That was, that was that was so forced. And um, when they bring Superman back from the dead, and he's struggling with who he is that was really cringy too and he's struggling with the x-ray vision and doesn't know who his friends are and all that that was bad and he says to batman so what's next and batman says quote if we buy enough time you can stop that box from destroying all life on earth um that was i couldn't believe that one got past whedon that he he put his stamp on that one at the end of the day and that's bad and also the cyborg's booyah thing no stop I know it's his catchphrase, yeah. but no, not in 2017. Booyah. Booyah need to be retired with Stuart Scott. It should mm-hmm. never, it should be done. We're done with it. Apparently that's, that's a callback to like an animated. I know, I know it's book. his catchphrase, but it doesn't work. Yeah, that, it's no crazy. one knows that. I, yeah, I, who cares? I, I have to see that in some review and it's like, well, you, that has to be something everyone knows. Like, you know, if you put bang pow like when batman punched someone but only two people ever had seen the batman <laughs> thing you're like that was right. weird why did that just pop up on did you see that was that closed captioning well you know that everyone would just be confused by it. you got to make sure people know that reference if you're going to do it right absolutely and especially with some of the, the more like my man or booyah or whatever it's like you got to earn those moments give yes. me the set set up the joke early in the movie to pay it off later right you don't just get to have the punchline of a joke and not have the setup so you know, yeah, I agree. The, yeah, the aristocrat. The I I would agree that some of those lines definitely fell out of place. Um, you know, be, but because I don't feel like they were set up properly. But I will say there were a couple of scenes, a couple of lines that I do think really worked. I mean, my my favorite interaction in the whole film was that moment right before they're about to go into the sewer system or whatever. And Flash has his little freakout moment. And he's like, I don't think I can do this. You guys seem like you're ready to do battle. And Batman kind of walks him through and he's like, listen, just save one person. And if you can do that, you'll know what else to do from there. And it's like, that feels like a great moment to me, right? Mm-hmm. Or I also, the, the moment that did make me laugh throughout the film was the one where uh, Aquaman's like leaning against the Batmobile and all of a sudden he starts monologuing right. about like, well, I'm a little bit nervous about this. And then you, you realize that he's been holding on to the lasso of truth for a while. Again, little moments like that were great, but there just there wasn't enough of right. those moments to balance out the the massive structural problems that this movie sure. has. Yeah, I laughed. That was pro- I really that might have been the only time in the movie that I that I laughed. I thought that was a that was a fun that was a well designed scene. And you're like, what can you you know what can we have gotten a few more of those those moments throughout? Right. And um, again, I completely agree that the way that he was presented in the film, he comes off like this weird surfer bro, you know, kind of angry or whatever. But it's like reading all these interviews, like they filmed all these scenes to explain why he was that way and why he acts. And it's like, and those didn't make the. You know, that didn't make the film. And so I'm not look, I'm going to get lost in a sports analogy here because I don't really watch a lot of sports. But, you know, it's like you can have this great game plan, but it doesn't matter if you don't do it while you're actually playing the game. Mm -hmm. So you can absolutely make the argument that, like, it doesn't matter what they intended to do. It didn't make the actual movie. Yeah. But it is just a shame that, like, apparently they did. Parcells has a line. Bill Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. So you can say you're great and all that stuff. But if you're five and 11, you're guess what? You are. You're, five you're and still 11 five team. and 11. Yeah, right. exactly. And it, and, but it's just disappointing to me because from what I've been reading about this, they, they thought a lot of this stuff through and they filmed a lot of this stuff and it just didn't make the cut of the movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. That just and again God goes forbid, back it's to over what, two hours. Right. Well, and it goes back to why are you, why did you do this in reverse? This just you just we're so gung ho to get a Justice League movie out there before we've established any of these dadgum characters. I, it's just right. unbelievable, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Before we hit grades and wrap this up, we do need to talk about the box office performance and the fact that it performed the worst of all the DCU movies so far. Um, You would think, just by logic, that, wow, okay, so Superman made this much. Okay, the Batman one made this much. Okay, the Wonder Woman one made this much. Well, if we combine those and then we add more characters, that's going to be like $9 billion. You know, like you just see them watering um, mouths at the studio thinking of how much this was going to make. And then you make a bunch less. Why does that, why do you think that is? Is it just the bu- negative buzz? Do you think that people only care about wonder woman? They don't want to see her in the justice league. People are tired of Batman. People are tired of this Superman. People are tired of Snyder. What, ultimately, why do you think this flopped? And it should have made a hundred million by default, and it didn't. Even oh, do that. easily, yeah, yeah, easily. It's well, November was a weird time for this. I mean, I I, I know blockbusters sure. come out and have a lot of precedent. Well, Thor made like one hundred and fifty million, didn't it, or something crazy? Right. I don't so think I, it made over a hundred opening. We maybe made yeah, over hundred opening. Thor, Thor yeah, made okay. Thor made one twenty, one twenty five, right in that. Oh range. wow, Ooh, good for and Thor. That's Thor three. This I is know. Justice League. I mean, just what? How how does how do we explain that? I mean, I don't, I think you just have to, to me, I, maybe this is, maybe this is just hopefulness, but I think we're getting better as far as like mass audiences goes. I think mass audiences are getting better at detecting the the crap at, at seeing like what's not going to be good and picking up. And I I know, I know a lot of studios and when I want to blame that on Rotten Tomatoes. And to me, I, I, I think, you know, my stance has always been, if you make a good movie, People will go see the good movie, at least in terms of you know blockbustery type type stuff. But um, I think Rotten Tomatoes is doing a service to people of like helping people maybe start to think critically, at least in very vague, generic ways of like, hey, the last one of these you saw was not good, and then the one after that, before that, was not good, and Wonder Woman was maybe. A, I hope we can look back in ten years and be like. Hey, they righted the ship, and after we we kind of got the Snyderness out of everything, everything got got going again. But I I think there's just as good of a chance we look back and say Wonder Woman was the blip on the radar, and that's kind of it. And I think audiences are starting to to pick up on that sort of stuff. I mean, even like Transformers didn't make the kind of Transformers Five didn't make the money that Transformers Four did, and that one has been the big litmus test for you know the 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 break between uh critics and and audiences and whatnot and and i think that's starting to bleed through into these other films it's a this is a disaster for warner brothers just from the box score standpoint it's you cannot put out a movie that has batman and superman in it and have it make uh whatever 40 million 30 40 million dollars less than i mean is thor like the fourth most popular avenger I, whatever it is right. he's he should you can't stack up you should not be able to stack up um batman and superman against against any of them and this you know we're 
We are five movies in, and none of these movies have made a billion dollars yet. And this one's not good. There's no way this one will, even with the the decent. I mean, it, it pulled well overseas, but that's not good enough for Batman and Superman, right? Like you can't have yeah. You can't have this. You can't have these characters become Transformers, where Transformers makes two thirds or three fourths of its money overseas. That can't be the way. That can't be how these characters go down. And so, you know, Thor, Thor Ragonk is going to be, I was looking right before we started, Ragonk. Thor Ragonk, I think will be the fifth of the Marvel movies that's going to break a bill. It's over, it's at 800 million already, um, and it's been out for two weeks. So that's, it's going to break a billion. That's the fifth one. None of, of these movies have done that. None of these, no, no DC movies since Dark Knight Rises has has made a billion. And that's, that's yeah. not, I, I just... I think that is indicative of this weird, I don't know. Like, there's room for both of these film series within our world, right? Like, it's not like we are having, it's not like I, at least for me, I'm not saying in my brain, well, I, I'm only going to watch Marvel movies and I'm only going to enjoy those movies. It's, I want them all to be good. I like to go see good movies, but um, those two things, it's just a, it's a weird fight between them and Marvel is just crushing it. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's how a, it's a culmination of a lot of missteps, I, man. It's, it's a yeah, lot of I, everything I you were, could have chosen to do. They've chosen the wrong thing. I mean, they've chosen I think the that wrong there were, and all that. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that there were yeah. three big things that kind of played into why this movie completely underperformed this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, Thor Ragnarok, the word of mouth is fantastic. And as much as, you know, folks like the four of us, we all go see movies opening weekend. And if we don't see it opening weekend, we're like, eh, we'll wait for a DVD, right? There's a whole host of people throughout the country that don't see movies opening weekend. They wait second, right. third weekend and they go see it. So I think that that was a huge thing. I think the second thing is that the, the behind the scenes problems of this movie kind of punctured into the zeitgeist to where people like... Yes. My mother, who who is wonderful on all accounts, but doesn't study movies, even she was like, I heard this movie had a hard time like getting to this. You know, she kind of heard mm-hmm. some stuff about it. Sure. And I think three, and I think this is the biggest misstep, one of the biggest missteps. They they did not put Superman in the marketing of this movie. And I understand from a, a marketing perspective, you kind of want to keep it a secret because Superman coming back into this movie is like a, you know, what a spoiler or it's like a thing. But for God's sake, he was tweeting from the set and Instagramming. So fans on the internet already knew he was in the movie. Yeah. So for the rest of us who knew he was going to be in the movie, why not put him in the trailer so that folks that don't know anything about comics or don't follow movie news were like, oh, yeah, I guess Superman's in the movie. We should go see it, right? That mm-hmm. was It was bizarre that they did not put him in any trailer just because, you know, the comic book audience makes up. 10% of the actual ticket buying population get the other 90% in by putting Henry Cavill in the, in the trailers. Yeah. Super also, I, I'm so excited for it to see how DC mimics, um, you know, the Thor success. Cause they're always like two years behind, mm-hmm. um, and, and tonally like what, so I'm, so you've got like a director of an HBO comedy directing a big, I, so I'm anyway, basically what I'm saying, I'm really psyched for Lena Dunham cyborg, you know? <laughs> and I think that'll maybe the turn it takes. No one knew cyborg was a feminist, but Lena Dunham, <laughs> she'll tell that story. Um, okay. I'm so brave. So brave. I'm pretty much done talking yeah. about this overall, it's great, man. It's great this um, I can't, 
I can't say this is a step back because it's <laughs> it's better than BVS. <laughs> I didn't. I, I mean, I viscerally hated BVS in Same. in every yeah. aspect. Um, I certainly didn't like this. Uh, this isn't a step forward. It's not a step back. It's just a movie that they released. But it's so sad to say that because this is the biggest. Mo- this was their, you know, ace in the hole. <laughs> they 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 could have pulled this card at any time. Be like, just same thing that um, Marvel did of saying we're not going to do Avengers until we can do Avengers. You know, because that was always the question they got from day one: is when are you doing Avengers? It seems like DC did this as soon as they could, rather than doing it at the right time. So that's disappointing, and so that's going to affect my grade. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go. Whew, this is tough. I'm going to go C minus C minus justice league. Brian. <sighs> you know, I, I hear everything you just said and I, no, no, I can't. I want to go D. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm just thinking about, you've already locked in. You've locked in. No, I, I have no final answer yet. I'm going to go D because I can't, <laughs> I can't give Aquaman and Cyborg and Flash collectively a passing I grade. I can't do it. In my heart of yeah. hearts, as much as I yeah. want to, it's a D. Sorry. Yeah, I'm with I think I'm I'm right there with you. My my thought process going through this was like I I was it was an F all the way until the last like 20 30 minutes and then I was like except beyond the aesthetic because i still i hate i hate the way this looks so much i hate it um but i that last you know as you get into the battle scene you get a little bit more of it kind of focuses a little bit and you get mostly batman wonder woman superman and i liked that dynamic to some extent or at least i felt like okay this has something to it and we're kind of and i i was in my mind i was like there's some there's some positivity coming out of this a little bit and I, and I'm feeling a little bit better and I think I'd probably bumped it up to like a C minus or something. And then that in credit sequence rolled around and I felt like all the, any positivity that I had, which was already pretty limited, but everything that I had liked about the movie was stolen from me by Jesse Eisenberg showing up. I, and I just, I could not believe <laughs> that they went that route after doing so much work to try, you know, we've this whole, all the Joss stuff is the entire bit is just, I felt like is just trying to repair the damage done by Batman v Superman and, and man of steel and just Snyderness to be, you know, overall. And then we got, we in that movie with Eisenberg and just remind me that he's a part of this junk and that I've got to, that we, if there's another one of these movies, then we're definitely going to have to deal with him and that vision for character. And I, and then so I was like, oh no, I'm done. I'm right back to where I started. This is, um, so I'm going to go. It is better than Batman v Superman, which was an F minus 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 minus. I, I guess I'm with you, Ken. I guess I'm just going to go with a D. Cool, Shane. Okay, so. Uh, all right. So, it, right. So I, I think I'm going to, for, for different reasons, I kind of want to echo what Kent gave it. And I think the reason why I want to do that is because what the movie that we saw on screen 
was not the movie that we deserved. It was choppy for every one step forward. It felt like it took two steps back. And it just, it frankly was the, not the movie that we deserved. But mm-hmm. I do feel like somewhere in an edit bay on the Warner Brothers lot, there is a version of this movie that is better and it deserves to be released. So just because I think that Zack Snyder and I think that Joss Whedon intended this movie to be better and Warner Brothers capped it at the knees, I can't fail it. But I do want to give it the lowest passing grade possible with a C minus. Yeah, and, I, and, and with with fair. the caveat that I hope that Warner Brothers changes their minds if they have put out a statement or whatever that they're not going to do an extended cut. I, I, I'm giving it a C minus and pleading Warner Brothers put out a longer version of this movie on the home entertainment market so that we can see a little bit more of what the filmmakers intended, not what the Warner Brothers executives were terrified that audiences wouldn't see if it was over a second over two hours long. Yep, Ricardo. C minus Ricardo. Yeah, no one, no one cares about um, my explanation. D minus. Okay, let's um, wrap this thing up. This has been good. This this episode, I think, is longer than the movie was. So, hopefully, we've done enough. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, we're done talking about this for a while. And who knows where they go from here? Honestly. Um. Yeah. I don't think they deserve. <laughs> and I would, I would like to see a solo Batman movie. But done by somebody who, Matt uh, Reeves, Matt, Matt Reeves, Reeves is, yeah, is next who can up. who can give a different perspective. Maybe yeah. that'll be it uh, for new, this. Give I him a, give him a new Batman and give him complete and total control and and go away. That's the only way these movies work at this All point. Right, leave him, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let him do his thing. We're getting a uh, Wonder Woman two is in uh, fall of two thousand nineteen, so that's two years from right now. That we're getting and that Aquaman, yeah, and Aquaman. Um, that I already got you on the slate for that, Shane. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. Where, where, that one's this fall. I mean, this spring, right? No, no, December. no. I think it's yeah. Next I think December? it's like a year away. Yeah, it's, next yeah. December. Oh. I think they just got it started. I think they just started shooting like a month or two ago. So they're they're quite a ways away on that one. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, hopefully we're done for a while. Uh, this has been a beating, and it's so sad because I love these. <laughs> Shouldn't Same. be like this. Um, yeah, we, okay. it's yeah. true. We deserve better as we fans do. and as as you know, movie lovers and as comic book fans. We deserved a better Justice League movie. Okay, this has been great. Um, we can find Shane on the, the Facebook. Shane Byerly is his name. Adam as a friend on Facebook. He didn't have Twitter or anything like that, but B I E R L E Y probably the better decision to yeah. not have twitter at this yeah. point <laughs> yeah, right exactly. and uh he he posts awesome dc and batman related things often and he's a cool dude so uh give him a give him a shout and say thanks for being on uh but brian where can we find you online you can find me on the twitter at bgill 12 you can find my writing at mad about movies podcast.com and the mad about movies podcast newsletter richard where can we find you you could find me on twitter facebook or whatever at richard barden you can find me on the mad about movies Podcast website or newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? On the Twitter, Instagram, Snap, at Kent Garrison, KentGarrison.com. And uh, find us online, MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Join our VIP club for some cool throwbacks and bonus material. We're talking Goodwill Hunting this week on the uh, VIP feed, so get on over there. Yeah, how do you like them apples? Yeah. <laughs> I love them apples. Got our number. Um, but until then, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week, next time at the cinema. Goodbye.
Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya Silence is They're calling again. <laughs> <laughs> 